This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Shelley Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right. Anyone else need a handout? If not, take this yellow sheet out, grab a pen. We refilled those yesterday, so hopefully in the seat in front of you, there is a pen. You know why we do this? Because keep your hand up if you need one of these. Our ushers will get to you if someone else can help. There's a few people that need them. Many of you know I was a teacher before we went into full-time ministry, and I've studied this. I have a college degree, and there's different ways of learning, and you can hear it, you can see it, you can write it, you can touch things. Some, Some people learn by putting it in their mouth. We won't do that tonight, okay? But the more time, more ways that you deal with this information, the more it's going to get into your heart. And what we're going to talk about tonight is not an easy subject. In fact, it was one that I really didn't want to speak on. As when uh, my husband asked me to speak tonight, I was like, oh good, I can speak on. I had all these fun things I thought w- that I could speak on that, that are, you know, popular and and uh, every time, it was like the Lord kept saying, nope, forgiveness. And I was like, oh, really? And I would study a little bit different. Nope, forgiveness. So what we're going to talk about tonight is that forgiveness is a process, okay? So we're going to go back in the Old Testament, and there's a story of a man named Joseph. This is Genesis chapter 37, um, and I'm going to read you the very beginning of the story of his life, and then we're going to go to the end. So Genesis 37, verses 3 and 4, this is when um, Jacob first moved to where the Lord told him to go, and it says, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe, but his brothers hated Joseph because they're Father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Anybody ever been treated like that? Maybe family members, maybe fellow employees, um, friends. So Joseph's brothers hated him, and they decided to get rid of him. And this decision by his brothers started a chain of events that would lead the whole Israelite nation to become slaves in Egypt. If you go through and read the story of Joseph, so this is, make a note, and you have both the scriptures, the beginning and the end. Genesis 37 through Genesis 50 is the whole story of Joseph. It's so interesting. But if you go through there, because of the brothers' decision to hate and to hold unforgiveness against Joseph, it changed the history of the whole Israelite nation. And they eventually became slaves. And I can't go into all that about how he had the dream and he dreamed, uh, his dream was that his brothers would bow down before him. And they, of course, you know, that little brother, we're not ever gonna bow down to you. We're gonna show you and teach you about your, for you saying that. And um, they ended up selling him, we know, to uh, this band, this caravan that was going to Egypt, okay? 
So he went through a lot of hard times. He got hurt more than just by his brothers. He gets to Egypt and um, he's bought and he succeeds in the job that he was in and then he got lied about. Anybody in here ever got lied about? He got accused of something that he didn't do and he got in trouble for it, something that he didn't do. But he kept his heart right through all of this. And uh, then he got sent to prison and he got forgot about. Anybody in here ever think you've been forgotten? That you're not known about? Maybe you're hidden away? And you think nobody cares. Nobody knows what I'm going through. Joseph went through this. Um, and then at the very end, he had the opportunity to forgive the ones who had hurt him and started this very difficult turn of events in his life. So let's read the end of the story. We read the beginning. They hated him. Let's read the end. Genesis 50, verses 18 through 21. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. The dream came true. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. Now, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. This is a story we could probably read every week in our lives because we want to take things into our own hands. We want to punish people for the harm that they've caused us. It's easy for us to think, I want hurt to come to them. I want them to be treated the same way that I was treated. Write this down. This is on your paper. Our hate and unforgiveness has far-reaching effects on our lives and on our family. So it has far-reaching effects on our lives and on our family. There is always a multiplied impact of our hate and unforgiveness. See, it's not just addition, plus one, plus one, this person. It's multiplied. It affects a lot of people when we hold this hate and unforgiveness in our hearts. See, when we make the decision not to forgive, it doesn't just affect us. There will be a multiplied impact that is far-reaching in our lives and the lives of the people around us. So we're going to look real quick at what does the Bible have to say about forgiveness. I did a search, got my concordance out, and I looked and found some pretty good scriptures about forgiveness. So we're going to go real quick through these. Um, Matthew chapter 6, verses 12 through 15. This is the famous section of scripture that is the Lord's Prayer, okay? Most people can recite this. In verse 12, it says, And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. We all know that part. Verse 14. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. 
The Amplified says of verse 12, it says, And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. That takes some spiritual maturity there. We let go of the wrong that they did and the resentment that comes when someone has offended us, someone has hurt us. The message translation says, in prayer, there is a connection between what God does and what you do. You can't get forgiveness from God, for instance, without also forgiving others. If you refuse to do your part, you cut yourself off from God's part. I think a lot of us may be able to figure out why some of our prayers haven't been answered. It does us no good to pray and ask God for his blessing in our lives if we're not forgiving the people who have hurt us. Ouch, right? That's why I didn't really want to speak on this. Because you know what happens when, you, when you're studying and when you learn something, then you get tested on it. And this is something I've walked through. I've had to walk in a lot of forgiveness the past few years, and the Lord has been faithful, but it is not easy to walk through, but I don't want to be cut off. I don't want to be cut off from having God answer my prayers. Anybody else? Right? You don't want to be cut off. Okay, Ephesians chapter 4. Notice these are all New Testament scriptures. So in the New Covenant, this is what is said. It says, it went, went through and talked about this list of bad things of hating and sinning and doing all these things. But it says, instead of doing those things, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. To highlight this verse, you've got to keep your heart tender. Because there are times when our heart gets hard. It's like a rock. In the Old Testament, it talked about that God would, would take out that stony heart and he would put in a new heart of soft flesh. We need that in our lives. Colossians chapter 3, it says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others. Did it say anything in there about them coming and asking you for forgiveness first. It doesn't, does it? It says, forgive anyone who offends you. That's our responsibility. We can never make anyone else do anything. And the people who have hurt you, they may come back. If you're lucky, they might come back and take some responsibility for it. But most of the time, that's not going to happen. We have to deal with our own heart, and we have to make things right in our own heart. The last scripture that we're going to look at tonight, Mark 11, 24 and 25. This is that famous scripture right before it that talks about, you know, faith moving the mountains. If you have faith to, you know, as small as this little seed, you can, you can speak and move this mountain. So right following up that, it says, verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. But when you are praying, 
So when you're believing for these big things in your life, for God to deliver you and God to bring freedom in your life and God to bless you, he says, but when you are praying, first, before we do anything else, first, forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. A lot of times we've carried around some guilt and some shame and it's like, I can't get rid of this, this sin in my life. I can't get rid of what I've done in the past. We may be able to tie it back to this, this unforgiveness. And unforgiveness is not just with people out here. Did you know a lot of times we have to forgive ourselves? Anybody made some mistakes? You have some regrets about things in your past. We all have that. And so forgiveness has to be given no matter whether people deserve it, no matter whether you deserve it, we, he said, first, forgive. Then your father can forgive your sins. All right, get ready to write. I'm going to give you some things to write down. The word forgive means to release. Release. So when you forgive someone, you release them, okay? Release means let go. It's like a, a door opens, the door releases. And here's something, forgiveness is not for their benefit. That's where our mind, we get it backwards. It's not for them, it's for your benefit. It is for you. And it is not saying what happened to you in the past was right. That's not it at all. Many of you have been hurt and wounded and abused, and it is so wrong what happened to you. My heart goes out when I hear stories of people that have had things done to them, and it is not right, and forgiveness is never saying what you did to me was right, and I'm okay with it. That's not it at all. Forgiveness is releasing that from your life. You've probably read that, that little saying that says, Holding unforgiveness is like holding poison, taking it yourself. You're hoping it will go to the other person, but it's poisoning you. That's what unforgiveness does. See, you're just deciding when you choose to release that, you're deciding that it will not have power over your life anymore. Are you tired of carrying those things around? The hurt that other people have caused, are you ready to be free from that? See, sometimes the process of forgiveness is lost in this command to forgive. I read you all those scriptures. You must forgive. You must forgive. We have all these commands. And we know it in our heads. That's what we're supposed to do. But sometimes it gets lost. The command, the command this process, it loses it in this command. We know what we're supposed to do up here in theory. But how do we get that to our heart? That's the hard part. So tonight I'm going to go over six practical ways to walk through this process of forgiveness. Y'all know what a process is. You go through it and it's step by step. Any of you like to eat cake or cookies? Guess what? It's a process. And if you skip one of those steps in baking, if you say you're going to bake cookies and you leave out the salt... What are those cookies going to taste like? You're going to be like, oh, those aren't very good. Or 
What happens if you don't put enough flour in? Or you leave out the butter? Or you go to make a cake and you leave out the eggs? Or you decide, oh, I wanted to cook faster. I'm going to turn the oven on 500 instead of 350. See, that's what many of us have done. We want to make the process, okay, convenient for me. I don't have enough time, God. I need this to go fast. I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to have to think about it. So just just get me to the end of the process. But y'all know a process is a step-by-step thing. And one step builds on the other. And that's what God wants to bring us through is this process of forgiveness. See, although letting go is never easy, it's an act of obedience and faith that frees us of burdens we were never meant to carry. So it's an act of obedience and faith. Those two things are big in God's eyes. When we make the decision to forgive today, it stops a chain of events in our own life. They could go many years down the road. It could change our children's lives. Because you know, when you carry things, guess what? Those little ones behind you, they're affected by it. Those grandchildren, affected by it. So that's why we want to deal with things. So six steps. Step number one. These are very practical. These are things that you actually do. Number one. When someone does something to you, write out all the feelings that you're feeling and other things that the hurt is tied to in your life. This is a lot of times what Christians want to do. We want to act like it didn't happen. We just want to, you know, oh Jesus, Jesus covers all. And then we're dealing with all these feelings and we wonder why when we run into that person at Walmart, we turn down the other row. Or something, we see them tagged on Facebook and and we get these ugly feelings on the inside of us every time that we are, are, have to be around that person. See, we have to ride out. See, God knows what you're feeling. You can try to look all prim and proper on the outside, But he knows that ugliness we have on the inside, that hate that we're carrying it around. Write it out. I I read about this study years ago that it said that it's like when you go to counseling, sometimes they'll have you write. It's like from the ink of the pen, it's like that anger. It just like goes out. There's there's nothing wrong with acknowledging. God already knows. That's step one. Acknowledge what's happened to you. If you have to write out every little thing, write, write, write. It's not for other people to read. This is for you, okay? That's the first step is write it down. Because you know what? Some of you, your personality, you don't like conflict and you just want to stuff it down. Or any of y'all, you like to hide things under the rug, just hide that. You know, that, keep, that keeps building up and building up. And guess what happens one day when you least expect it? It explodes onto the people that you love the most. And it's not fair when we take all of the crap that's gone on in our life and the people that didn't do that to us have to pay. We make them pay because we won't deal with what happened to us with other people. So step one is write it out. Step two, write out any hurt 
that the person who hurt you has experienced? This is a hard one. What hurt would have motivated them to hurt you in the way they did? Imagine in your brain, okay, what they might have been through, them being hurt. You guys know that old saying, hurt people do what? They hurt people, right? Guess where most of our hurt comes from? Our childhoods. You can just about guarantee someone was hurt very deeply in their past. And they are hurting inside. And their only way they know how to deal with it is to hurt other people. So step two is to imagine what hurt might they have experienced in their lives. Most abusers have been abused themselves. So you imagine that. Write it down. That's the number two. You write those things down. You know what this leads you to do? To have some compassion on them. Have some compassion on the hurts they might have experienced. Without compassion for them, I cannot get to authentic forgiveness for them. Having compassion for someone who wronged you is necessary to find grounds for forgiveness. So we write out what could, might possibly they have gotten hurt. Number three, write out a true statement of forgiveness for that person. So in your brain, you're going to have to come up with, God, I'm going to choose to forgive this person for doing this to me. Write it out. Because y'all know you can write it out because sometimes those words won't get out of your mouth because there's a lot of hurt. It's, we've been bound up for many years. But we can write it out first. It's like when, you, you know, when you're going to make a speech, most people don't just get up and make it. What do they do? They write out their thoughts. They write it out. When you want to go in and ask your boss for, you know, a big promotion or something, most of the time you, okay, let me get my thoughts together and let me write this out so that I can think through this clearly. Write out a statement of forgiveness. God, I'm going to choose to forgive this person. You've already said what they did to you, but you write out that you're going to make a choice to forgive them. You know what this does? This is a marked moment of forgiveness. It, it sets it, this is the date, this is the time that I'm choosing to forgive this person. Are you going to keep going? Because some of you, let me guess, five years down the road, if you don't do this, guess, guess what you're still carrying behind you? You're still pulling that, that ball and chain of unforgiveness and hatred. And 10 years down the road, if we don't deal with this, you're still pulling that same thing. So we have a marked moment of forgiveness. Number four, find a scripture in the Bible that somehow relates to your situation. Then write that scripture down Right here on your paper, you write it down. I gave you a whole bunch. You have those references there. That's not all of them. 
You may want to go through and read the story of Joseph and write on there, he was accused. He was accused of raping someone. He was thrown in jail and forgotten about. Find somehow, write, write the scripture, okay, on there. Oh, let me get my next page of notes. So you write that on there. Number five, after you've done these steps, number five, you're gonna hand your feelings over to God. Literally, I wrote every word of this because some of you are processors and you're gonna have to go home and really think about this. You're going to fold the paper up Here's, God, here's my feelings in this situation. Here's what's happened to me, God, and I'm giving it to you. See, we can think all day we're going to do something, but this physical action of actually saying, God, I give it to you. There's, it takes a step of faith. This is faith and obedience. So we literally give our feelings to God and pray and ask him to help us. Then what I want you to do is tuck it away in your Bible for a few days. I love version on my phone because you can have your Bible with you a lot, but you also need this Bible because there's something about this Bible and there should be notes in this Bible and you should have things highlighted in this Bible. This is God's word to you. And I want you to take that, and I want you to put it away. You're giving it to God. It's like a physical representation. God, I'm giving this to you. And you leave it there for a few days, okay? So we've given God our feelings. Every, and you know, it's not just going to be like the enemy's going to lay down and say, okay, I'm never going to remind you. Every time he brings that up, then you remind him. You may have to take your Bible and wave it in his face and say, no, I made the decision to forgive. On July 18th, I made the decision to forgive and give that to the Lord. You remind him. This is good. Write this down. We must remind ourselves of God's truth and believe in faith that it is bigger than the feelings that overwhelmed us. God's truth is bigger. Our feelings sometimes rage, but God's truth is bigger than our feelings. Number six, after a few days, take the paper out of your Bible. This is another one of those marked moments that you're going to look at it, you're going to look at the scripture, and you're going to remind yourself that you have forgiven that person, okay? You can look at it, read it, remind yourself. When you feel like you've gotten victory over the unforgiveness, then it's your choice what you do with that. I don't know that you need a memento. If you feel like in your heart, I'm good with this, some people, it might do you good to carefully burn it. It might do you good to rip it into shreds, put it through the shredder, take it to the trash, Whatever is symbolic for you. But if you have any lingering feelings, if after these few days you still have some feelings and you're like, 
I don't know if I'm quite there. And some of you have some long-standing hurt. It may take you going through this process again, okay? You need to do the process again. Go through the steps again. Write it out again. Every time you write it out, more of that anger comes out. More of those feelings are released. Some of you have buried, 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 and they're way down deep, those roots. But as you walk through this again, it, gets, it brings those roots up, okay? So you walk through the process again. The decision to forgive is a one-time event, but the process of forgiveness is a progression. It's that one step at a time, a step, a step, a step. Sometimes forgiveness is a one-time act, but sometimes it's an indication for a deeper engagement with God. God is calling us. He wants to take us to the deeper places. Some of you have stood on that bank a long time looking into those deeper waters, and you've been afraid. You've been afraid to go because you know, I'll have to deal with my stuff. If I go down that slope, I'm going to have to deal with the stuff. So you go through this process again. You've made the decision to forgive. Now you go through this process and you go to a deeper place with the Lord. Eventually your, your heart softens. It, it will. You keep walking through these steps, your heart softens up. And you will be able to forgive from your heart. But guess what? You're going to get hurt again. You're going to get hurt again. It may be by the same person. It may be by someone else. You will get hurt again because we live in a fallen world. Now, when we get to heaven, we don't have to worry about this, but we live on earth. People are imperfect. You are imperfect. I'm imperfect. And guess what? We hurt people and we get hurt by people. So I'm going to give you a little uh, tip. We have to prepare our heart to respond better to the next offense that someone might do with it, do against us. We prepare our heart. Pre-forgive them. Have you ever thought about that? Pre-forgive them. Decide before you ever get there. Any of y'all have family that, I mean, they're probably just dumb. Stormy and I did my, uh, we went, my uncle passed away uh, three weeks ago, I think it was. And um, so, of course, and on my side of the family, there's not very many people yet. I pray for all of them, but they, there's not hardly one or two or three that go to church, much less have someone that could do a funeral. So every time there's a funeral, they call us. So they said, would you come and do his burial? So we go, guess what they did the night before? They all got drunk. In fact, while we're there, we drive to Fort Sumner, New Mexico, this little bitty town, and there's this little hush-hush thing going on. One of the guys that was there, 6 a.m. that morning, he actually was a friend of, of my cousin's. He wasn't a family member, but he got so drunk, he uh, ran down a bunch of the signs in town and the sheriff showed up at the burial dinner. Yeah. 
You know, we have to, and there was a bunch of junk going on and situations that Stormy and I got put in, and we have to, we kind of prepared our hearts ahead of time. This is what we're going to face when we get around them. But we're going to let our light shine. And I had to pre-forgive some people that I knew. They're probably not going to be much help today. They're probably going to be selfish today. But I made that choice ahead of time and prepared my heart. I'm not looking for an offense to come, but I want to be able to respond better. Okay? The very best time to release an offense is before it ever happens. So what we're going to do tonight is... I have one more thing before we do this. On your paper, we're going to finish this up. Sometimes we carry around feelings and we're like, I am mad because of what they did. In reality, no one can make me do anything. I make the choice of how I feel. No one can make me feel. It's my choice how I feel. How I respond, we must choose not to be angry and honor God in the process of forgiveness. No one can make you mad unless you give them the right and the energy to control the way you feel. And there are people out there that are manipulative and they are trying to control you. They are trying through hurt, they are trying through offense to control the way that you feel. Forgiveness is a practice that we can become better at the more we do it. This is something, this isn't just a one-time, oh, great. I'm done with that. I heard that message. No, this is a practice, something that we're going to work on, this process. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.